0: you that uh, are visiting new with us just today, um, I encourage you to check out our website if you want to hear some of the uh, prior sermons in Galatians. We've been uh, going through for quite a while now and it's been exciting to see God's truth just become uh, real and uh, applied to our lives. But uh, we're now rounding up that series uh, this week and then next week will be the final um, Galatians sermons. Um, I'm trying to think, should I get... Someone else on the mic here. Nick's all scared because he did last week. Um, guys, we've been going through. I just wanted to retrace a couple of themes through the book of Galatians that will help with today. Can somebody, I'm going to have a mic here. Can somebody just give a few words on um, Paul's contrast? He's gone back and forth a lot throughout the book, even just a spot where you remember, uh, between spirit and flesh. It's been a main theme throughout the book of Galatians Anybody just want to say, hey, I remember it. it took place here, it took place there? Don't leave me hanging, guys. Anyone? Anyone? Otherwise, it's going to Nick. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I won't do that, Nick. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie. <laughs> Couple of thoughts on spirit and flesh throughout the book. So we are prisoners and slaves to our flesh, but in the spirit through Jesus we have freedom. Mm-hmm. So freedom is one of the themes. And then what else did you ask? Uh, just that whole spirit versus oh, flesh okay. dichotomy. I get it? Get yeah. It? Thank you, sis. <laughs> the gospel, you guys. The gospel. And, uh, and, and even another point to that, a specific point, um, guys, remember that there's these Judaizers that have crept in to the church in Galatia after Paul has gone on to another missionary journey, and they've been telling these new converts that they need to follow traditions uh, of the Jews to be, to be a Christian, um, that freedom in Christ through the gospel, through Jesus alone by faith, isn't enough, but there were more things and and, and and guys, there's this dichotomy between Paul is continually saying, no, <laughs> uh, that is not the case. You are you have the Holy Spirit by faith alone. Um, I'm not adding works of the flesh to that. Um, so we're going to see that kind of pop up a little bit more in our passage today, this whole difference between spirit and flesh. And we can't forget last week, Nate did a great job of leading us through the book, um, the 10 verses before this. and chapter 5, and uh, there's a whole long list on the works of the Spirit versus the works of the flesh. Um, and we can't forget that that passage is directly before this one. It really ties in quite a bit. And then the purpose of the law, um, we've spent a lot of time on this whole idea of the purpose of the law. Why do we have the law? There's there's the law of Moses, and then in our passage today, we're going to see this, this phrase, the law of Christ. Um, I remember three, four weeks ago, Eric actually answered the question, why the law? Like, what is the purpose of the law? Is it all for no good anymore? Do we still follow it? And he kind of broke it down into three areas, ceremonial, civil, and moral. And, and the first two, um, I don't want to go into a lot of depth here, um, but to some degree were abolished under the new law of Christ. Um, and then the moral law, of course, was not abolished because that reflects who God is. God is holy, so therefore we need to be holy. Um, But the overarching theme through the book of Galatians is that uh, Jesus is the new law. (laughs) And yes, we as Christians still follow the law, but we've got one who's followed it perfectly um, and lives in us. And so there's this idea that Um, that we have a new ability to fulfill the law through Jesus. So with all that said, that's just a little background. I forgot I'm doing slides today. I think I am. But you might have to help me out here. Okay. I'm going to read the passage for us, family, as we get started here. Galatians 6, 1 through 10. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. If someone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load. Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. It's the word of the Lord. So as we go through this today, fam, there's a lot of text. There's a lot of stuff in those 10 verses. Um, I've listened to other sermon series where they do a couple of sermons on just those 10 verses. Um, But as we always say, we're, we're a family that we want to grow in God's word we want to ask questions so it's not a it's not a faux pas. To raise your hand if you have a question please do it if I can't answer it I'll tell you but if I can I'll, I'd love to help um, let me uh, uh, so yeah the theme of our text today um, is found probably in verse two but I'm going to say it now because we're going to continue to repeat it but it's a uh, um, we're a community of I'm going to say burden mechanics. If you know me, you probably laugh, but I'm a mechanic. But uh, we're burden restorers. We are burden repairers, burden mechanics. And we're going to see how, what Paul is calling us to through God's word here. In verse 1, brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual. Now my mind stops there um, because I don't know about you, but I have kind of baggage with that term, spiritual, I um, I grew up in a family that considered themselves spiritual, but yet did not know Jesus. I've got uh, still um, close friends and family that say, you know, Eric, I I agree with um, you on some things, but I, please don't please don't put that down my throat. I don't want I don't want to hear about Jesus. We're spiritual in our own way, and so I think there's this this sense in our culture today where it's okay to make up your own spirituality. That um, but I want to be very clear, that's not what Paul is talking about here. He's not talking about this man-centered spirituality. He's talking about a person who, by faith, believes in Jesus and so now has the Holy Spirit in him. So that person is spiritual, not because of anything they've done, but because of the Holy Spirit who lives in them. So, it makes sense? So, that's who we're talking to in this whole passage. We're talking to the spiritual person, the one who has the Holy Spirit by faith. Um, so. And then, uh, I wish this thing worked. <laughs> uh, you can go to the next slide, bro. Um, so brothers, if you are constant, you who are spiritual, should restore him gently. And now, this is another term that I think we can often uh, misunderstand. Um, I know myself, it's easy to to look at that and think, oh yeah, he just, you know, when somebody when somebody's doing the wrong thing, we just need to be nice to him. We just need to to gently, you know, be there for them. Um, that's not at all what Paul has in mind in this, this the context of this passage. Uh, and the way the reason I say that is because what what is the uh, what is the restoration that's needed here in this passage? Do you guys see it from earlier in the verse? It's not a specific restoration, but it's trespasses or sins. So. The restoration that we're talking about here um, is because somebody sinned against God. Somebody sinned against one another. There's, there's a sin issue on the table here. We don't know that, I mean, I wish Paul was here with us and he'd say, Paul, what, what was the sin in the, in the Church of Galatia that you're talking about here? We would have a little bit more context, but we do know that it was a sin issue. Um, and, and I don't know about you guys, but being nice to someone who's in sin doesn't usually make them want to repent <laughs> it usually makes them feel better about themselves oh yeah you know we're, we're all sinners we're cool you know um and then you end up with a very man-centered church <laughs> where we all just want to feel good about ourselves but nobody's willing to confess their sin when god the whole time is saying i love you i want you to experience joy the thing that you're kind of falsely ha- make happen <laughs> but i want you to experience it in a true way through confession, through acknowledging that I am your God, that I created you. Um, I'm perfect. Um, I want you to be perfect like I am. And the only reason that we have this relationship is because I've actually died uh, to pay for your sins so that I see you as now perfect in my sight. But it's a continual process, family. Um, It's not just a one time Uh, I came to Christ when I was 21 and, you know, everything past then is is purified. It is, but it's still, it's a process of asking for forgiveness of that sin and asking the Lord to to restore us. So with that said, uh, restore him gently. And I want to just look at a couple of uh, biblical examples of uh, people that are being restored. And the first one is um, in Matthew 17. We're not going to flip there for time's sake, but I'll try to set the context. This is... John the Baptist, if you guys are familiar with the Gospels, John the Baptist uh, was a forerunner of Christ. He came to prepare the way to um, preach repentance for sin. And, uh, and it, it says very clearly in, in John 17 that that was, that was John's role. He was to restore people to God. And the way he did it wasn't through just simply putting his armor on the shoulder and, and being nice, he did it by saying, "Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near." And so that's one example of this, this restoration I think Paul is talking about here. And then Ananias, um, if we remember him, he was the one that restored Paul, uh, the author of this book. Um, in the book of Acts, specifically in Acts 9, um, the story is that Paul has been going down the Damascus Road and, and he is killing Christians for the sake of Judaism. He thinks they're on the wrong track He's trying to be God's man, but he doesn't understand the new covenant. And so he's doing the wrong thing. And so God shows up to him and says, No, uh, I, I'm the one that you've been seeking, Jesus. And he's blinded. And then God goes separately to Ananias and says, Can you go restore Paul for me? And Ananias <laughs> is like, No. <laughs> he kills people. He kills people like me. I'm not going to go restore him. Um, And so obviously there's a battle there, but Ananias says, okay, God, I will. And uh, the restoration that takes place there is he simply, he prays for him and says, Holy Spirit, fill you. And and of course, we see this amazing transformation and Saul becomes Paul, the man who preaches the word of God um, so courageously. And uh, the last example, biblical example of restoration uh, in 1 Peter 5 Um, we actually have Peter saying that ultimately and through all of this, and catch me here family, because we're going to talk about being restorers, agents of God today. God does it through you. (laughs) So God did it through John the Baptist. God did it through Ananias. Um, ultimately God is the one who restores people. Um, so let's, let's make sure we keep that straight as we go through the text. Um, Okay, the last word uh, again. Bible study methods. When you go through a text, uh, the way uh, that we're teaching at Macab, and the way that we do, it, we just we look for we do word studies. We say, okay, that's one big component of understanding God's word. And then this this idea of tempted, um, but watch yourself, or you also might be tempted. Um, and I think it uh, where I wanted to go with uh, the word tempted here, and specifically watch that you might not be tempted. Uh, I said, watch out for man-centered evangelism or man-centered ministry. And we hit on that briefly a minute ago. But uh, I, I just, I was thinking about it in my own life. And uh, I became a Christian in college and went home one summer right after I became a Christian. And I remember there was a close group of friends there that I was trying to share Christ with. One of them I knew was a was a believer, but he was kind of walking the line. And the other guys, I don't think they knew Christ. And... <laughs> Uh, um, and I'm from a small town called Whitehall, Michigan. It's on the west coast of Michigan. <laughs> Whitehall. It's very small, and uh, it's kind of weird to say, but <laughs> what we do in the woods, we just we get together and go camping, and we go out in the woods and uh, that's what I did all through high school before I was a believer. You know, you'd set up a camp, and you'd build a bonfire, and people would drink, bring beer and all of that. Again, this is before I knew Christ. And so I went back, and I'm like, man, I can't wait. I want to tell my friends about Jesus. I'm going to go, and, going to go and we're going to go out in the woods, and we're going to hang out, and I'm going to tell them all about Jesus. It's going to be great. And uh, I didn't really pray about it much. I just thought, hey, this will be a good idea. And <laughs> I'll never forget one night I had this... Uh, just the light came on. I think I'm sitting there. Um, everybody else is like passed out around the fire, and I'm just sitting there because I didn't drink. You know, I become a Christian. Uh, I'm like the only one still not passed out, and I'm like, okay, this is great ministry. What am I doing here? <laughs> and, uh, and and I just look back on that time, and I think I was trying to do it in my own strength. I thought uh, I thought I can get these guys to like me, and they'll want to know more about Jesus instead of saying no. Um, I want to just proclaim god 's truth clearly. I still want you to like me because we 're friends <laughs> i 'm not going to hate on you, but that 's not my priority is making you like me and I think all too often we 're tempted um, and we actually and then the, the step further is you can be tempted to actually do the sin with somebody. The passage is also talking about that you know you 're going with your boys that you want to minister to to the bar, and you end up getting drunk well that <laughs> that didn 't work out too well. Um, so, we do have to watch out for that temptation as well um, let 's go on to the next slide Lee uh, so galatians six two to carry each other 's burdens and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ again, this is the main point of these whole ten verses so we 're probably going to spend the most of our, our time on these on this one verse, and then we 're going to see how the rest of the verses flush it out. Um, but I think it's important to, to note that the burdens that we're talking about here, um, there's there's different kinds of burdens. I talked about from the first verse, there's this issue of trespass, there's this issue of sin, which is obviously a burden on people. And um, that would be the committers. And then there's also, there, there's victims of burden. Just And we see that a lot in our community. Somebody got there, um, doesn't have food. And so obviously... By God's grace, we want to show God's love and and remove burdens by giving food. People have their electricity turned off, their power cut off. We want to think creatively, okay, how can we come alongside you as the body of Christ and help with that need? And and needs are are endless, it seems, in our community and in our own lives. Um, And so we are definitely talking about both, but we're focusing more on, I think, the committers in this passage but I want to. I want you to hear me. We're not saying, okay, don't carry the other burdens that people have, but we are focusing more on this passage. I think Paul is on the burdens that people have because they've committed sin. Um, and yeah, I just have the word discipleship up there. Discipleship is if you're new at Macav, you, you're going to hear this a lot because the Bible talks about it a lot. We. Um, we want to take it very seriously this process of having somebody walk with someone else and grow in faith intentionally and that process is called discipleship and so I read this passage guys, and literally I think, praise God, I see it happening at Macav. when we were back there uh, worshiping, I, I had a tear come to my eye because I just thought about all the stories and uh, you know i won 't put people on blast like Eric did, but all of the stories that are going on in our body where people are uh, carrying one another's burdens. There's some st- tough stuff going on in our lives. <laughs> and in and I, my mind, immediately went to discipleship. Because at MacAve, um, we desire to have someone in everybody's life, uh, intentionally, um, to help you grow in Christ. And a big part of growing in Christ is bearing one another's burdens. And oftentimes, it's not just providing for a need. Oftentimes, it's calling out sin. Oftentimes it's saying, bro, um, I love you, but you shouldn't have said that to her. <laughs> that was wrong. That was sin. Um, and, and guys, it's not, don't get me wrong, it's not like the fun part of being a discipler. <laughs> it's not, but um, we're Christians, right? And, and God cares about truth. If you don't want to tell people God's truth, you shouldn't be a Christian. <laughs> that that it might it might hurt i don't I, again i'm not saying this is easy um i know the, the word clearly says to do it with gentleness but that doesn't mean don't say it that means to say it in love that means to encourage one another along the journey i'm here for you i'm not going to leave you i'm not going to call out your sin and then dip <laughs> i'm going to walk with you through this process um, but i want to see god glorify in your life and this is a this burden uh, is a roadblock. So, so in this way, we will fulfill the law of Christ. And I love how he, he uh, this term "law of Christ" is only think, found one other place in Scripture, but the concept is all over the place. Um, and even in Galatians five fourteen, it's the the law of love. Um, we were going to do a song afterwards. We don't have time for it, but it's a, a song about um, the way that God loves us. The way that God sees us, and and, and family, <laughs> we need to understand that in order to carry one another's burdens and fulfill the law of Christ, that He loved us first, and it's a fulfillment of the law of Moses as I mentioned earlier. Uh, let's go on to the next slide. So this okay. So verses three through five, this gets a little weird. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. Um, verse five doesn't seem to agree with verse two. Let me read it. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. For each one should carry his own load, or some translations say, his own burden. Wait a minute. Didn't Paul just say, to carry one another's burdens? In this way you'll fulfill the law of Christ? So why is he saying... Carry your own burden. <laughs> uh, that doesn't seem to make sense. Okay, so what Paul's doing before, and now that I got you guys thoroughly confused, uh, what Paul is doing here, um, he's saying, okay, guys, if anyone thinks he is something, okay, so if, if you're arrogant, <laughs> I'm going to be honest, it's going to put a roadblock in the process of calling out somebody's sin. If you think you got it together, we've seen this theme throughout Scripture, um, how are you going to tell your neighbor that they have a. Uh, um, what is it? <laughs> uh, a speck in your eye. I, thought, I was looking for a speck. I was like, twig? That's not right. <laughs> a speck in their eye when you have a log in your eye. The, 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 the same um, thought is present here. So if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. We're talking about uh, an arrogant person. Each one should test his own actions, then he can take pride in himself. And it's not, it's not a sinful pride that the, the word pride here refers to. Um, but take pride in himself without comparing himself to someone else. For each one should carry his own load. Uh, again, the major thing that Paul is communicating here is that arrogance, pride, self-exaltation, self-reliance are, um, are enemies of bearing one of those burdens. Uh, and what and what he wants us to do in verse 5, carrying our own load, we need to to realize as the body of Christ, as individuals before Christ, that I, my eyes are on him, my eyes are on God through Jesus Christ, and I'm walking with him in this process. That's the load that we're talking about here. It's like God is saying, you need to worry about the, um, the horizontal, my relationship with you, in order to ever... Care about, the, care about the vertical, the relationship with one another. And if you're, if you're stuck in arrogance, it's not going to happen because your eyes aren't focused on me. <laughs> your eyes are focused on yourself. Um, and again, you're going to fall into the, the man-centered way of carrying someone else's burden. Um, so it can't happen, folks. Carrying one another's burdens can't happen in a healthy way if our eyes aren't fixed on Christ. That's what this passage is saying. I could go on about pride, um, but we're going to go on to uh, <laughs> the next slide. I think you guys—I don't know if you guys watched the um, the Office—but uh, <laughs> I think I think Derek here is a great depiction of someone who uh, who is self-reliant. <laughs> who is—I um, know he's—I don't know if he's a believer or not, but I just thought, hey, this would be a great example of someone that, in the world's eyes, he's he's. You know, he's got it together, but he's very self reliant. <laughs> okay, next slide. <laughs> okay, so verse 6, again, this passage is tricky. Why is this? Pa- Anyone who receives instruction in the word must share all good things with his instructor. So at first glance, it's like, okay, Paul's changing the subject, but he's not. He's still. Is in this mindset of burden bearing one another's burdens. Now, the specific burden that's being referred to here, you know, first time I read this, I thought, okay, we're just talking about um, helping one another. You know, I want to help my instructor, but actually, the uh, the context of this passage is is um, materials, material possessions, means, and it's a biblical. It's a very clear biblical priority throughout Scripture that the people of God um, in God's eyes are supposed to take care of the teachers of God. And we see that in the Old Testament starting with the, the Levites. They were the called out ones that um, ran the temple, that taught the law and all the other Israelites gave a tenth of all their belongings and it went to the pre- the Levites and the priests. and uh, And that carries over into today we can see in First um, Corinthians nine, Paul goes off for quite a while on the Corinthians about their need to support um, missionaries, and it's funny because Paul is saying it from like a, a hands-off way, because Paul, as we all know, he's a tent maker, and so Paul, while he might have received a gift here or there, he didn't receive a lot of tangible material possessions from the church. He was a tent maker. Um, and, Oh, so sorry. That's kind of a Christian term. A tent maker is uh, just someone that has a job on the side to pay for their ministry. So there, even today, there are there are missionaries in third world countries, or missionaries a lot of times that will be serving um, in a in the 1040 window, which is a window between the 10 and the 40s at longitude, I don't know, longitude lines, that is predominantly um, you said latitude, latitude. It's predominantly, Mike said, predominantly Muslim. It's a really hard place to minister and share Christ openly. So a lot of times people have to get a job on the side to pay um, for their ministry, to, to stay afloat, to pay for their needs. So anyway, um, this verse uh, is all in the context of bearing burdens. And it appears that in the Church of Galatia, uh, again, they weren't supporting Paul he came in and he taught them, but then there were teachers that were set up when Paul was there, not the Judaizer teachers, but the biblical teachers that weren't um, were struggling that didn't have uh, means um, food if you will, and so he's reminding them to uh, uh, to provide for them and um, and guys, I wanted to hit on this just for a moment because many of you are new some of you don't know, but even at MacAV um, we uh The three pastors, Eric Eric, and Leon, we actually have raised support outside of the community uh, on mission, if you will, uh, because we knew moving into a community on the east side of Detroit, which is uh, historically a a very impoverished community, we wouldn't be able to take a salary from the church for quite a while. Our initial vision was probably three years. Um, And so right now, we are still raising support outside of the community at this point. Um, and all of the tide that comes in through you, the body, it goes to the church operating budget. don't know if you guys knew that or not. But we, uh, uh, that's that. the goal was three years, and it's just about three years. <laughs> so we, we do eventually, we would love to see the church sustain the pastors. We're not at that point yet. Um, some of us are struggling with raising support, um, but yet at this point we are not taking salaries from the church. So there is. Uh, I just wanted to let you guys be aware of that as you give and as you're generous to the Lord. Uh, that's the direction that we want to go in. And there's actually, uh, those of you that are in discipleship relationships have a discipleship manual. There is a new document that we're adding to the manual that's in the back. So when you leave, make sure to pick that up. And if you're not in a discipleship relationship, you can pick one up as well. Uh, it's, a, it's just a study on tithing, and it takes us through more in-depth uh, Old Testament tithing and New Testament tithing and uh, what we're called to now under the, the new covenant in Christ. And it's, I, I've gone through it, and it's, it's an amazing study. Eric put it together. Um, so please take one of those with you. Um, so yeah, and all of this is, again, in the context of bearing one of those burdens. Now, I kind of went there with, under, with the context of uh, financial means in this passage because the next passage, if you want to go to the next slide, Lee... A lot of times I've heard this passage interpreted as though it was talking still about financial um, reaping and sowing, but it's not. Let me read this. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. All right. So, yeah, not financial sowing and reaping going on here. Often this is used in congregations to rally giving, um, not necessarily what's going on here. There's a much bigger picture being painted. This is, again, we're all in the context of bearing one another's burdens. So major context is burden bearing. Um the end goal of sowing and reaping here, you can see is eternal life. It's uh right there in verse nine. Um I'm trying to let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And so even in first Corinthians three thirteen, there's this there's this idea that our works will be shown um by the fire. Um, meaning that at the end of our lives as a believer, all the things that we will do will be kind of weighed. And those that were done in our own strength or for our own means um, will burn up, the Bible says. And those that were done in Christ's strength through his spirit for the kingdom, um, they will you will get a reward. And so uh, I think this passage is even talking about this whole idea of reaping and sowing and reminding us that that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what Paul says in verse 8. Um, the one who sows uh, to his sinful nature, the one who acts out the uh, the obvious lists of the, the evidence of the flesh, which is in chapter 5, that's going to burn up. But the one who sows to please the Spirit, um, that's what's going to last. And so this is kind of another plea on Paul's part, um, that in order to carry one another's burdens, we can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide through this process. Um, so yeah, next slide. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who are belong to the family of believers. Um, so there's this whole idea of do good. Again, that seems kind of vague. And so when I read through this passage, I thought, I hope that doesn't mean what I think it means. It's, it doesn't seem like the Bible would encourage somebody just to be a good person. Uh, again, um, so I thought about this whole idea of doing good, and I found a uh, an, uh, this is out of an urban dictionary. This is a definition of a do-gooder. An earnest but often naive person, typically educated and white, who wants reform <laughs> through philanthropic or egalitarian means, e.g., wealth distribution, social justice, welfare, third world immigration, affirmative action, and spending other people's money for good causes. Okay. I said that because that's not what this passage is talking about. This is not the do-gooders that Paul is encouraging us to be here. Um, he is not encouraging us to just to do good for good's sake. He's encouraging us to take the opportunity um, to bear one another's burdens, to fulfill the law of Christ in one another's lives as we're all pointing one another towards the gospel, as we're designed to live a life that is fully entrusted to Christ. That's a battle, guys. That's not an easy thing. It doesn't happen because you said a prayer. This burden bearing is such a huge part of the Christian life, and that's why Paul spends so much time on it. He's talked about theology for the whole, you know, the first half at least of the book of Galatians, if not more. And now this is the nitty-gritty. This is how it happens. This is why we get into one another's lives. This is why we do community. And I love it. It makes me think of our vision. Um, again, not to, I'm not trying to like pat ourselves on the back, but seeing our community transformed physically and spiritually, starting with our own. And, and guys, if you're new to Macab, this is the vision. This is why the church exists. Well, um, the mission, of course, is just to see God glorified. That's the mission of the church. But our specific vision in this community is um, seeing things transformed spiritually and physically. And uh, that has to come through selflessly seeking the good of others. So whether it means we go to someone's house and we bless them with Thanksgiving meal and we see that there's more needs that they have, that's why we even said yesterday, bring those needs to us. Some of the houses that we went into yesterday didn't have heat. Some of them desperately needed paint. Um, In God's strength, we want to be people who do good, but proclaim Christ as we do good and proclaim that to one another as we are on mission um, in this community. Don't forget the, the obstacle. Don't forget the huge obstacle that was laid out in verses 3 through 5, our pride. See, the more good that you do, oftentimes the more highly you can think of yourself. And, and, and family, there's a maturity here that we're talking about. Like we, we grow, we mature, and we need to praise God for that. Um but there's a huge <laughs> distinction between when it starts to be about you and not about God. And and God, I just want us to ask ourselves today, um, ask someone who's close to you in your your life, hey, you know, do I come off arrogant at times? Do I think that it's about me? Um because I'm missing the mark if it is. And I, I challenge you <laughs> to bring that before the Lord and say, God, would you make me first, or make you first in my life? Because only then will we truly be able to uh, carry one another's burdens through the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Some of us have, become, have been coming to Macap for a long time and, uh, and haven't gotten close to anybody. I'm kind of afraid to do that. Um, my challenge this morning is uh, to let your guard down, um, to say, hey, you know, I need people in my life. It seems like God is telling us that—that's <laughs> how we grow. Uh, and I just even I think of Tori here up front. I don't want to put you on blast, but your your praise—you know—that that you said my my first inclination, you know, was to say I'm gonna I'm gonna um, take myself away from community to get through this stuff that I have going on. Um, I just need to think. I just need to get through it. Um, and and fam, that's the normal mode of operation in our world today. So, uh, I mean, for going there, I mean, that's normal. (laughs) That's what we all do apart from Christ. But Jesus is saying, no, (laughs) you need to let others bear your burdens. Because there's truth that needs to be exposed. There's probably things that you're believing that aren't true in the mix. That's why you can't rely on yourself, unfortunately. (laughs) I'm the same way. Some of us have been discipling others um, for a while but are afraid to probe into areas of their lives um, for fear of rejection or fear that they'll think less of you. Um, I want to challenge you this morning. Don't let that be an obstacle. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can, you can call out uh, truth in people's lives. And then, um, and then there's others of us you know that aren't afraid to, but know that we're we're hypocritical because there's stuff in our lives too. Again, family, <laughs> that's arrogance. If you're stuck looking at yourself, uh, we need to be willing to say, God, uh, I know that I'm not perfect. I know that I'm 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 your uh, servant, and so I'm going to call uh, sin what it is, and I'm going to confess it to my brother that it's in my life too. So this, this issue of burden-bearing, family, um, I want to uh, just end by um, reading the first two verses again. Brothers, if someone is caught in sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you also may be tempted. Carry one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Let me pray for us. Father God, we thank you that you indeed are sovereign, that you are Lord of our lives, that you are worthy of our lives, that you sought us out, allowed us to understand the gospel and see true life. I pray, Father, that we would continue to fight for that day in and day out. Make us men and women who are serious about spending time with you and who are serious about spending time with one another? Father, thank you for this community of faith. Continue to lead and guide us in Jesus' name, Amen. So, fam, as we uh, as we end our service here, we've got uh, two things we're going to do. Uh, we've got a time of uh, a time of tithing and a time of communion. And uh, again, if you're new to Macav, I know we talked about money once already in the service. You might be getting nervous. Please, if you, this is your first time at Macav, don't take your wallet out. Don't take your purse out. Um, this is uh, this is an opportunity for us to.